0: I want to talk this morning about the mystery of resurrection. Um, resurrection is incredibly important to our Christian faith. And how much we understand about the resurrected Christ is key to the success of our spiritual lives in, the, in this day, in this time now. How much we, we uh, understand what God has done through the resurrected Christ and the power of resurrection life is really key to our success in living a Christian life in the now and in the present. The end purpose of salvation is not to escape earth and go to heaven. I don't know if you realize that or not, but the end purpose of salvation is not to escape earth and go to heaven. In fact, uh, uh, N.T. Wright said, Jesus' resurrection is not about God snatching us away from this earth, but it's about uh, God colonizing the earth with the life of heaven. It's not about God taking us out of here. It's about God colonizing the earth with the life of heaven. And is that not exactly what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your life be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're inviting the life of heaven to earth. Are we not? Do we... When we pray those prayers, do we really realize what we're praying? Do we take time to consider the words and actually believe that God wants to do what he says in those words? Amen? And so we do pray and ask God to colonize the earth, so to speak, with the life of heaven. What I want to talk about this morning uh, is the power of resurrection life, but not as a past event, obviously the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, which is foundational to our Christian message. And not as an event in the future, us looking forward with hope to our own personal resurrection, but the power of resurrection life in the now, in the present, and how it affects our lives today. After uh, Jesus was crucified and buried, the Bible talks about how some uh, women went to the tomb where they had buried Jesus. And when they got there, this enormous stone that had been placed in front of the tomb had been rolled away, and they found that the tomb was empty. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 9, it says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. Jesus defeated death through his death and resurrection. Jesus brought an end to death through his own death and resurrection. And the Christian expectation of resurrection is based solely on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That, that, that's the foundation of our Christian faith, that Jesus Christ was resurrected uh, from the dead. It's interesting, you have many testimonies in Scripture about the resurrection of the Lord, and one of my favorites is in, is in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, where it says that Jesus appeared to over 500 people. But evidence to the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not limited to the Bible. If you look at s- secular historians, h- how they... Um, understand antiquity and what's valid and not valid, there's actually more evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there is evidence that there ever was a Julius Caesar that lived on this face of the earth. Who doubts Julius Caesar was alive? But why do we doubt that the resurrection was a real event? There is no hope for believers in a dead Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 16, it says, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Either Christ is alive today or Christianity is a lie. Amen? Either Christ is alive today or Christianity is just fake. It's a lie. Christ's death is a picture of how much Jesus loved us by being willing to sacrifice his life for us that we would have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ's death is a picture of how much God loves us. Christ's resurrection is a demonstration of the power of God and the ability of God to give us the hope Of eternal life. In 1 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Jesus' resurrection guarantees our future resurrection. And so the the death of Jesus Christ is is a picture of God's love for us. Uh, The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a demonstration of God's power and ability to give us the hope of eternal life. And Jesus' incarnation, I'm not talking about when he he took on the form of a baby in a manger. I'm talking about when he, after he was resurrected, he again took on human form, giving us the assurance that we will also have a physical resurrection. And so the death of Christ shows us how much God loves us. The uh, resurrection of Christ is a demonstration of God's power and ability to give us eternal life. And his incarnation, in a sense, giving us the assurance that we will also have a physical resurrection. There's music over here. Does anybody know what? <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave it at that then. All right. All right, I'm sure they'll stop it. <laughs> Technology is wonderful when it works for you. Jesus was speaking to his disciples after his resurrection in Luke 24, 39. He said, see my hands, see my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Now, it's interesting Jesus' human form did not disappear when he ascended to heaven to the right hand of the Father. For all eternity, Jesus, a man in his physical body, will sit at the right hand of the Father. And I just think that's incredible that God is so concerned about mankind, that a a man in a physical form, so to speak, would sit at the right hand of God the Father for all eternity. Maybe an aside observation for a moment. Jesus' body may be in heaven, but in a very real way He is incarnate here on the earth in the body of Christ, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the privilege of carrying His presence, uh, of walking in His power, and continuing the work that He started here on earth. Amen? It is amazing what God has done for us through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to Make a couple comments about death. That's a kind of a gloomy topic, but the Bible takes death seriously. It's not an illusion. Uh, it's the consequence of sin, both spiritually and physically. In Romans six twenty three, it says, "For the wages of sin is," but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Adam, all humanity has been affected. By sin and death. Sin and death is an enemy of God and an enemy of mankind. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood. Who are the children? We are. Therefore, since we share in flesh and blood, He Himself, Jesus Christ, likewise also partook of the same, that through death He might render powerless. Him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Death is was defeated at the open tomb of Jesus Christ. And for a believer, uh, death is no longer something to be feared. It's, re- it's, it's just a step into another reality of who we are in Christ and a step into eternity with the Lord. The Bible is also very clear uh, that both the righteous and the unrighteous, the believing and the unbelieving, will experience resurrection. In John 5, 28, it says, Do not marvel at this, For an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice, and they will come forth, those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. The hope of resurrection should be a great encouragement to a believer and a motivator to live a righteous life. But the same hope of a future resurrection to an unbeliever should produce fear in their hearts. Because to die without Christ is to face eternal judgment. And I I just would encourage everyone here this morning, if you're sitting with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world and you haven't fully resolved where you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ, let me encourage you to resolve it. And make that decision. And follow the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Again, what I want to communicate this morning is the power of resurrection life now in the present. Um, in Galatians two twenty, Paul said, "I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in a faith, I live by a life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me." Paul is talking about the is now present walk with God. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Right now he's talking about that. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 uh, talks about how we are a new creation in Christ. The present reality is that the old man is dead and the new man has been raised up in his place. If you look at Romans 6, it talks about water baptism. In water baptism, the old man goes down into the watery grave and the new man is resurrected up out of that watery grave. In Romans 6, 5, it says, For we have become unite for I'm sorry, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We possess resurrection life and resurrection power now in this present life. So what are some of the the benefits of this resurrection life? Well, number one, we are dead in, uh, we, are, we were dead, we, I'm sorry, we are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. There was a time when we could not not sin. In Ephesians 2, 1, it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Man, minus the power of the resurrection life of God, has no hope of spiritual victory. But, as it says in Romans 6, verse 6, knowing this that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be done away with so that we no longer we're no longer slaves to sin lost my place no slaves to sin for he who is for he who has died is freed from sin Christ's death and resurrection is a declaration that sin and death were defeated at the cross. It's the power of resurrection life of Jesus Christ that enables us to live a life of victory over our sinful flesh. Amen? I am am dead to sin and have the victorious life of God living in me. That's a declaration you can make over your life. I am dead to sin and have the victorious life of God living inside of me. When you're struggling with something, you just reach out there and you just say, I am dead to sin and I have the victorious life of God living in me. Go away, Satan. I don't want to hear it. I'm done with you. Number two, we no longer walk in darkness. Ephesians 5:8 says, You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We walk in the light because we now have fellowship with the God of light. In contrast, the world walks in spiritual darkness. And it just seems to be getting darker and darker and darker. I believe divine light opens up for us all facets of revelation, wisdom, and knowledge. And I believe it's not just spiritually, but it can be in every area of our lives, in your school life, your work life, your family life, wherever you are, let the light of the Lord shine and walk in the wisdom and revelation that he has made available to each and every one of us in Christ Jesus. Number three, which kind of goes along with number two, we have access to truth. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, who's the spirit of truth? Holy Spirit. Spirit. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All. All the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit, I believe, will reveal to us the heart and mind of the Father. The Holy Spirit will give us insight and understanding that goes far beyond anything that we can learn through natural knowledge. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us truth in every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. If you're studying chemistry, he'll give you truth in the area of chemistry. You're studying physics, physics. Aero engineering, we have aero engineering students out here. If you're studying aero engineering, God will give you truth in those areas. In, in gender, sexuality, God's truth is available to all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source of truth. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. I love James 1:17. It says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We can ask the Father of lights to enlighten us in any area where we need the understanding of truth. So appeal. When you're struggling with something in your life, whether it's spiritual or otherwise, appeal to the Father of lights, and I believe he will answer you and speak into wisdom, knowledge, and revelation that you need. Anybody believe that? Okay, amen. Either say amen or owe me something. Let me know you've resurrected. You're, well, you're still alive or something out there. Okay. Number four, we've been called to peace. You know, we live in a world filled with chaos and fear right now. But Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So in the midst of all this going on, rumors of wars, and all that we're facing in the Middle East, all this going on, should our heart be fearful? Should we be anxious? In reality, we should not. We've been reconciled to God, and therefore we have peace with God we are no longer at odds with God, but we also have the peace of God. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, which surpasses all every situation we face in life, which surpasses everything that's going on in the world today, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will what? Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I just find that fascinating. That God's peace is real, it's tangible, and it it puts a protector over our hearts and our minds. We don't have to embrace anxiety uh, and fear, no matter what is going on around us, because the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Number five, we possess the power of a new life. In John 1, 4, it says, In him, in who? Christ was life, and the life was the light of men. Through Jesus Christ, we have received the power of a new life. John 11 to 25, Jesus was speaking to Martha, and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. In other words, we will live now. That's what he's saying. We're alive right now with resurrection life, and even if we die, we will live. We have the power of resurrection life. I just want to encourage you, do not hinder or ever doubt the resurrection life that God has deposited in you and he wants to release through you. Do not doubt it. Do not hinder it. God's life should cause there to be a well of a spring of living water uh, come up out of us and we should be uh, able to uh, dispense his life to the world around us because we carry the resurrected life of Jesus Christ when we walk into a room we shouldn't bring a shadow we shouldn't, it shouldn't be a downer when we walk into a room we should bring light to that room We should lift up that environment, lift up the attitude and the hearts of people in that room. Because we carry the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. God is alive in us today, now. Number six, and I think this is important, we have a new identity. And this is all found in the Bible, but through the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, we're now children of God, we're friends of God, we're servants of the Lord, we're sent ones, we're reconcilers, we're disciples of the Lord, we're a new creation of Christ, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Watchman Neat said something interesting. He said, our old history ends with the cross, but our new history begins with the resurrection. Amen? Do not let the world define you as anything different than God defines you. Too many times we let others define who we are, we let the world define who we are, but that's not where my identity comes from. My identity comes in my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's who defines who I am. And through Christ, I am a child of God. I am a friend of God. I am a servant of the Lord. I am a sent one. I do help to reconcile people to the Lord. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Number seven, we are born into a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope is alive because it is founded on the living, resurrected Christ. It is a living hope. It is not wishful thinking. It is founded on the word of God and the promises of God. Our hope is built on an imperishable inheritance reserved for us in heaven. And the chaos and despair that we see in the world around us cannot take away that hope that we have in the resurrected Christ. If we're hopeless, there's a problem. And it's not with God. Because we have, we have been born again into a living hope. Of all people on the face of the earth, we should be the most hopeful. We should carry hope with us. Even in the midst of difficult times in our own lives, we look beyond those difficulties and we carry the hope of the resurrected Christ inside of us. Number eight. God's power is alive in us. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit that He may be with you. How long? Forever. Forever. That helper, the Holy Spirit, through through the indwelling Holy Spirit in our lives, we have access to the power of God. I've always found 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 through 6, fascinating. It says we have varieties of gifts, varieties of ministries, and varieties of effects. God wants to express himself through us in an infinite number of ways. And we need to be careful not to limit God to do something in one particular way. He wants to express himself. There, there, I've said this many times before, but I believe there's so much. Of God's gifting lying dormant right here in this congregation that God wants to release, that God wants us to connect with who we are, with the Spirit of Christ that's inside of us, and God wants to release those varieties of gifts and ministries and effects through us. We are the living body of Christ. And that power that God has given us has been given for what reason? Hmm? To build up others. All those gifts, and many of those gifts are there that we can encourage and build up other members of the body of Christ. We need to be sensitive when we come, when we gather together here in a, in a church meeting or, or a small group. We see somebody... In the, with the eyes of the Spirit that is depressed or downtrodden in some way or going through a difficult struggle, we need to be able to speak to them words of life. We need to be able to encourage them. We need to lay hands on them and, and, and pray that God would bless them and lift them up out of the depression that they're in. Think what it would be like if every, every one of us came in here sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do and sensitive to one another. I don't know about you, when I come to church, I have a mission. I've got to get certain things done, and you know, and I'm running around in my mission. <clears throat> but we need to take time and pause even in the middle of the busyness of life and say, God, what are you doing here? Is there someone I can speak to, someone I encourage? Is there someone here that's downtrodden and needs a word from you? And I carry that resurrection life, and I can release that resurrection life for the blessing of those around me. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We're not called to sit on the sidelines. We're called to get in the fray. We're called to get down on the field, to get in the battle. We're called to walk alongside of one another, to encourage one another, to build up one another. We're called to take back this earth for the kingdom of God to colonize the earth with the life of heaven. We have a noble calling in Christ Jesus. Number nine, we have the promise of divine healing. Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit which dwells in you. That is not just a metaphor, in my opinion. That's talking about our physical temples. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, And he himself, who's he himself? Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. The empty tomb assures us that sickness, disease, suffering, and death will not have the last word in our lives. Matthew, well, in fact, in Matthew 10, verse 1, it says Jesus summoned his 12 disciples together and he gave them uh, authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to, heal, and to heal every kind of disease and sickness. And then he comes along in verse 7, and he says, and as you go out into the world, I want you to say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. I've freely given to you now, freely give it away to those around you. That verse doesn't apply to just evangelists or pastors. I don't think God ever rescinded that authority. We walk in a new level of authority in Christ Jesus. And if we submit to Christ, what what does it say in Matthew that all authority has been given. To me. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. If we submit to Christ, then we also walk in an increased level of authority. Amen? Yes. Number 10, we have been given the spirit of prayer. In Galatians 4, 6, it says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of the Son into you, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father because we have been united with Christ in both his death and his resurrection, we have access to our heavenly Father. And we can cry out to God anytime, in any situation that we find ourselves in. I've heard people say, well, God's too busy to deal with my stuff. That's a small God. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, Therefore, let us, who's us, Church, draw near with what? Confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Whether we're battling with sickness or bitterness or betrayal or pride, discouragement, lack of provision, whatever it is, we can pray with confidence because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father interceding on our behalf. We need to pray with confidence. One thing I tell myself is that my prayers are powerful and effective. You feel like the heavens have asked you to say, "My prayers are powerful and effective. The spirit of God within me cries out, "Abba, Father. My prayers are powerful and effective. Well, I've prayed about something hundred times. Well, then pray 101 times. Pray 200 times. Pray a thousand times. Your prayers are powerful and effective. I don't get to define God's timing. And I don't get to define how God's going to answer prayers, but I do believe he answers prayers. All of heaven will move on behalf of those who in faith pray and seek the Lord. Our prayers are powerful and effective. So just briefly, um, how do we activate resurrection life? How do we activate resurrection power in our lives? When Jesus arose from the dead, he completely devastated hell. He defeated Satan. He defeated the dark uh, powers and principalities. He defeated death itself. And I love this verse, Colossians 2.15, in the Message Bible. It says, he stripped Jesus stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. I'm ready to see some naked powers and principalities walk through the streets. The only power Satan has over us is the power that we give him. When we come into agreement with him, then he has access into our lives. When we come into agreement with the word of God, he has no chance. So just three simple suggestions in, in walking in resurrection, life and resurrection power. Number one, really simple, believe the message of the kingdom of God. Do not be an unbelieving believer. I've run across so much unbelief in the church. Well, I believe that, but but what? Don't put the word of God away for a but. You can spell that any way you want it. Be a person of faith, one who wholly trusts in God, his word, and his promises. In uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, in the New Living Translation, it says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. The promises of God are true and trustworthy. I want to encourage you to war against any doubt, any fear, any unbelief. Cast them aside and do not allow them to grow in your heart. People talk about, no, I don't have enough faith. The issue is not always not having enough faith. The issue is sometimes that we've allowed unbelief to grow in our heart and choke out our faith. We need to cast down unbelief. We need to cast down uh, fear, cast down doubt in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Number two, learn to speak words of faith over your life. You know, God spoke the world into existence, words of are powerful. We can activate resurrection life through our words. Somebody once said words are containers. They can contain either faith or fear, and those words have children, and those children have children of this after their after their own kind. In other words, words of faith beget faith, words of fear beget fear. Right? We need to be careful what we say with our mouths. We tend to listen to our own self-talk, self-talk. If you're out there saying, boy, I'm a stupid idiot, I'm a moron, I'm a failure, we listen to it. And it shapes what we think about ourselves. It shapes our faith or lack of faith. We need to be careful what we speak. We need to speak words of faith, words that contain faith, not words that contain fear and doubt and unbelief. Amen? Learn to declare the Word of God over your life. I would just encourage you to look at the uh, um, apostolic prayers you find in Scripture. Actually, you can turn almost any Bible verse into a prayer. Uh, for example, Psalm 103, verse 2. Lord, my soul is going to bless you. And I will not, God, I will not forget any of your benefits. I thank you, Lord, that you have pardoned all my iniquities. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing all my diseases. I thank you, God, that you have redeemed my life from the pit. You've crowned me with loving kindness and compassion, and you're satisfying my years with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. I'm waiting for that part. I want to fly like an eagle. And I believe spiritually we can, we will, and we are. you believe that number three act on God's word you know when Satan tries to bring the curse back into your life he's trespassing and you have the authority to make him leave James 4 7 says submit therefore to God resist and he what will flee from you Use the name of Jesus Christ and remind the devil that the blood of Christ has been poured out over you and he has no access to you. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son of God. I'm no longer over this kingdom. I'm in this kingdom. God is my king. Satan, you are not. Jesus paid too high a price for us to accept anything less than full and total and complete victory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you to know your word, know the word of God, know the promises of God, and learn to act on them with great confidence because they're true. So, just a few concluding thoughts. Now, this could take 10 or 15 minutes. No, I'm only joking. Just a few concluding thoughts. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has changed, changed everything. Condemnation, guilt, shame, they've been canceled. We've been delivered from the power of sin. Death has been swallowed up in victory. We were transformed from bondage to freedom, from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness, from death to life. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit, the, the living Holy Spirit inside of us. Learn to live your life in the reality of what the Lord has already done for you through the resurrection, uh, through the resurrected life of Jesus Christ in the now, in the present. Philippians three twenty says that our citizenship is in heaven. Learn to set your hearts and minds toward heaven, not toward the earth. We look too much down here and get caught in the mire and the muck. We need to look to heaven. And be freed from all the stuff that's going on down here so we can walk in the presence of our God, in the power of our God. Christ's resurrection has given us a new context for living. It's not about living 50 or 60 or 70 years down here, it's about living our lives with a view, a view toward eternity. I am eternal. However many years God gives me here, I am eternal. I'm going to live my life with a view to eternity. Not just what goes on in these 50, 60, 70 years here on earth. Learn to live and walk in the now power of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Period. That's right. Learn to walk in the now power of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. We have been given so much. And the whole purpose of what I want to share this morning is to remind us of what we have been given in Christ. And I listed 10 items. You could probably list 20, 30, 40 ways that the resurrection life of Jesus Christ is a benefit to the way we live our lives now in the present. And so I just want to encourage us to be the people that God has called us to be. The old man is dead. The new man has been raised up. We are, in essence, supernatural people because we have the supernatural Holy Spirit living in us. We are better than any superhero out there. Our society is in love with superheroes. But we are superheroes. We're called to be superheroes. Amen? Amen. So let's live and act like superheroes. Let's demonstrate the power of the resurrected Christ. Let's release the life that God has placed in us. Let us be a blessing to others. Let us be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Let us be sensitive to one another. So that I can look at someone and God can show me that that person needs an encouraging word, or that person needs a prayer, or that person just simply needs an arm put around their shoulder. You know, when someone's going through something, you don't always have to have an answer. Sometimes just being there is enough to show them that they're not alone. Right? I guarantee you there's people in this congregation this morning that are hurting in one way or another. I guarantee you there's people here that are discouraged. I just would encourage us, even now as we begin to wind down the service, to begin to ask God, God, is there someone here that I can speak with this morning? Is there someone here that I can encourage this morning? Is there someone here that I can pray over this morning? Is there someone here that I can release the resurrected life that's inside of me, that they might be blessed today. Amen. All right, so, ah, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Um, let's have the worship team up just for a couple of minutes. I really felt like. In Earlier in worship, that the Lord was inviting us to cry out to Him, to lean into Him. And so I just want to encourage us as we we go back in and we um, sing this last song or two, um, just to take this time to lean into the Lord, to cry out to God. Ask Him to reveal to you who you are in Christ. Ask Him to show you the gifts and callings that are in your life. Ask Him to encourage you to know how to step out and release that life that He's placed in you, to become that that spring of living water that can be a blessing to those around you. And so to speak, have you ever been to SeaWorld? Shamu or whatever? Shamu, Shamu? Shamu? Have you ever seen the warnings on the signs? Splash zone. Well, there ought to be warnings hanging from us. Splash zone. Stand back. The living Christ is here. If you don't want to get wet, stand away. Because I'm carrying the life of the Lord Jesus Christ.